Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, Mero Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm. Fireside. Well, hello, and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore or mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture, and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olhan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode number 35 of Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. We are coming to you, as always, from the beautiful surroundings of the Head Stuff Podcast Network Studios here in Dublin. To get the housekeeping out of the way, I am beyond thrilled, as I have been for the last couple of episodes, to talk about we are doing a live show. We are doing Fireside Live, the Fireside Sessions, part one, and our theme is Beginnings. Uh, come along for an evening of storytelling, folklore, mythology. There may even be a few tunes as well. Where and when? Well, the where is Bellow Bar here in Dublin, and the when is the 22nd of August. And I suppose we'll kick off at about 8. But if you want tickets, please go to Eventbrite. All links you can find through my Instagram at Solo O-L-O-H-A-N-S-O-L-O, all one word for constant updates on how we're developing the live show. It gives me such great pleasure to be talking about it as a real thing, and it's all starting to come together in my head and in real life as well. We're hopefully going to have we're going to have guests. It will be a lovely mix of what we do on the podcast and also some more personal Irish storytelling, which uh, I like, I want to do... As it's the first one, I thought beginnings seemed like a good theme for it. And also, because I plan on doing several of these live shows, if it works, which I hope it will, and the first episode will be revolving around the mythological cycle. We will definitely be doing four shows, each revolving around one of the Irish mythological cycle. So if the first one revolves around the mythological cycle, then it stands to reason our theme should be beginnings, shouldn't it? So once again, yes, please come along to the Fireside Sessions Part 1 at Bellow Bar on August 22nd. That's a Thursday and a great way to start off your weekend, wouldn't it be? And come along and get your tickets on eventbrite.ie or anywhere. Uh, Just type in the Fireside Sessions and you should be able to find it. And if you can't, you'll always find links in the bios and in the posts on my Instagram. And should be, actually, to be honest, should be in the descriptions for this episode as well. I forget that that's also a source. So you you need only click a drop-down button and you have instant access to buying tickets. Please do come along. I want to sell it out. I want it to be a great show, as I know it can be. And more details will come as I know them. But to get down to brass tacks, 
I don't know what that saying means, and I don't often use it, but it nonetheless is appropriate here. We are back into folklore now, and we're dealing with a, an unusual name here, as I'm sure you've seen from the title. It is an episode, uh, it is a story called Moniker and Maniker, which right from, as I often say on this podcast, right from the off, I always like when a, a, it's a title that grabs me, because you end up trawling through so many, so many folk tales, and some of them just don't cut the mustard, and you only find that out about halfway through or at the end. So I really like it when an episode title really grabs me because I feel like that would be the same for you as a listener, especially since we have 35 episodes now. I would always advise if this is your first time listening to go back to the beginning, especially with the mythology and see what we're building up towards here. But if you are just picking and choosing, you're going to grab onto something that you either are familiar with or you think, oh, that's an interesting name. And there's no doubt that Moniker and Maniker is one of those. It's a delightful tale. It is quite different than any other story I've done before. As you'll quickly see, there's a very different kind of feel and influence to it. But uh, it was an absolute joy to write. It was an absolute, like, hoot to adapt. And I hope you'll agree and see why. But I will shroud in mystery no longer and get right down to it we'll talk more about it afterwards but this is the tale of moniker and maniker on fireside moniker and maniker once upon a time and a long long time ago it was there lived two lads named moniker and maniker as their two unusual and similar names would imply, Moniker and Maniker were most certainly a pair. But that shouldn't infer for a second that they were friends. Perhaps Maniker considered Moniker a friend, but in no way did Moniker reciprocate. For every day the two would go out picking strawberries, and every strawberry that Moniker picked, Maniker would eat. Naturally enough, this quickly became a source of quarrel, Moniker would say, Moniker, for the love of the gods, can you not pick your own strawberries? Ah, but Moniker, you've such a better eye for strawberries than me. You pick the nicest ones. But what's the use of me picking the nicest strawberries if you're always stealing them? Ah, now, don't be using big words like stealing. Sure, at the end of the day, aren't they wild strawberries and up for grabs to any man? On and on and round and round they went and Moniker could not protect any of his strawberries from Maniker. He tried to go to the authorities, but found that Maniker's logic was sound. The strawberries were wild, and so it couldn't be classed as theft. Moniker soon realised he would have to take matters into his own hands. So one day, drastic as it seemed, Moniker went out in search of a tree. From this tree he sought a branch to make a rod, to make a gad hang Moniker for eating his strawberries, every one. So Moniker came to a tree, and the tree spoke to him. Good morning, Moniker. What news today? Good morning, tree. Well, I'm in search of a rod, a rod to make a gad. Why do you need a gad? I'm going to hang Moniker. I see. And what terrible crime has he committed to deserve this punishment? He ate my strawberries. And does hanging him not seem a bit strong for the crime of eating strawberries? 
Trust me, Tree, you don't know just how many of my strawberries this chap has eaten. I've tried talking to him, going to the authorities. Nothing has done the trick. I'll have to hang him. Well, if you're sure, far be it from me to try and talk some sense into you. After all, I'm but a tree, said the tree. But you won't get a rod from me without an axe. Ah, when you're right, you're right. I'll be back in a while. So Moniker went to a woodcutter's and found an axe. This time it was the axe who spoke. Well, Moniker, any crack? I'm looking for you. For me? For what? Do you need my face to slice through an old tree? I do so love being used to fell an old forest. I need to wield you, there's no doubt. But it's just to cut a branch. A branch? What do you need that for? I need a branch to make a rod, to make a gad, to hang Manneker, who ate my strawberries every one. If you're looking for justice, why don't you just use me to cut off his head? Nah, you're grand. That's a bit strong even for me. You'd often be hearing a French and English lads getting the chop. I find there's much more dignity and longevity in a good old Irish hanging. Suit yourself, said the axe. But if you want to use me, you'll need a whetstone to sharpen me. So Moniker went to a nearby forge and found a whetstone. Hi, Moniker. Need something sharpened, do you? Uh, yeah, I, I need to sharpen an axe, to cut a branch, to make a rod, to make a gad, to hang Manneker, who ate my strawberries every one. Seems legit, said the whetstone. But I must confess, I'm only gasping. I'm dry, Moniker. Do you have any idea what it feels like to be a dry whetstone? Uh, but a whetstone is wet with a WH, as in wet, to, to sharpen. Not as in to wet. You think I don't know that? cried the whetstone. It's everyone else who seems to not know. Constantly with the mocks. There he is, the dry whetstone. The dry stone. It's humiliating. I can't go on. So I can't sharpen your axe until you get some water to wet this whetstone. So Moniker went in search of water, wondering to himself at this stage... Why is it that the relatively simple task of hanging a strawberry-stealing charlatan is proving so difficult? Also, why are this many inanimate objects talking to me? Eventually, Moniker came to water, and the water asked, And what can I do for you, stranger? Care to take a dip? Not today. I just need you to wet a whetstone, to edge an axe, to cut a rod, to make a gad, to hang Moniker, who ate my strawberries every one. Oh, lovely, said the water. Strawberries are so lovely, but don't forget to wash them in water before enjoying them. Will do. Oh, and also, you can't have any of me until you get a deer to swim in me. Why would you want that? I'm water. I've had just about every creature swim through me at one point or another, and today I fancy deer. So Moniker went and found a deer. And before the deer even had a chance to speak, he said, Listen, dear, I'm looking for a deer to swim water, water to wet a whetstone, whetstone to edge an axe, an axe to cut a rod, a rod to make a gad, a gad to hang Manneker, who ate my strawberries every one. You've had quite a day by the sounds of it, said the deer. Buddy, I really have. So no games. 
What would it take for you to swim in my water? And the deer thought about it and he said, I want a dog to chase me. Why would you want that? That sounds like the opposite of a thing that you would want. Ah, uh, what's life without a little risk? And when Munniker found a dog, he just said, Come with me, I want to hang someone. And the dog said, Whoa, whoa, pal, you're going to have to give me a little bit more detail than that. So Munniker took a deep breath and said, I need a dog to hunt a deer, a deer to swim water, water to wet a whetstone, whetstone to edge an axe, an axe to cut a rod, a rod to make a gad, a gad to hang Manneker who ate my strawberries every one. Well, why didn't you say so, said the dog. Tell you what, get me some butter to put on my tongue and I'll do what you like. At this point, Munniker stopped questioning the motives of the animals and the objects holding him to ransom. All the while, he was wondering just how many of his beloved strawberries had been devoured in his absence. The butter wanted a cat to lick it, and the cat wanted milk. So Munniker said, You know butter is made from milk, right? Because it really seems like with the slightest compromise we could end this right now and everyone would be happy. But the cat yawned. Butter may come from milk. But butter is not milk. There are days when I want butter. And there are days when I want milk. Today is the latter. It's unfortunate, no doubt, that you have come to me asking me to lick butter on a day I would prefer milk, there's no doubt. But I shall nonetheless lick your butter. Once you have provided me with milk. After all, no one else has compromised. Why should the cat... And at this stage, exhausted Munniker found a cow. A cow who wanted a piece of wheat from a thresher. And the thresher wanted a cake from the miller. Nearly on hands and knees, Munniker knocked on the door of the miller. The miller answered, Hello, young man. My God, you look dreadful. What can I do for you? Well, Mr. Miller, I need a cake. Not that you probably need to know why, but it's for a thresher. A thresher who I need some wheat off of. The wheat is for a cow. The cow is for milk for the cat. The cat is to lick the butter. The butter for the tongue of the dog. The dog to hunt the deer. The deer to swim water. The water to wet a whetstone. The whetstone to edge an axe. The axe to cut a rod. A rod to make a gad. A gad to hang Manneker who ate my strawberries every one. God, that's terrible, said the baker. I'll get you your cake right away, son. Just fetch me a sieve of water. The end was near. He could feel it. Munniker went back to the water's edge with the sieve, but naturally enough, no matter how many times he submerged the receptacle underwater, it would not retain a drop. The exhaustion of the quest had muted Munniker's senses, and so he didn't realise that that was what a sieve was supposed to do, and this was some seemingly cruel joke on the part of the miller. On his knees at the riverbank, Munniker cried out to the heavens, Why, gods, everything, both alive and inanimate, has spoken to me today. All have made requests and demands, and nothing or no one offers advice. I'm defeated. Looks like there'll be no hanging for me. Just then, a crow flew overhead and cried, Dob! Dob! Monica knew straight away what to do. 
He smeared muck all around the sieve and made a makeshift bowl, a bowl that easily held water. He returned that water to the miller, who produced him a cake, a cake which he gave to the thresher, who gave him wheat for the cow, the cow who produced milk for the cat, the cat who dutifully licked the butter, who was soon placed on the tongue of the dog, the dog who was soon in pursuit of the deer, the deer who galloped through the water, the water that was used to wet the whetstone, which was used to sharpen the axe, the axe who happily chopped down the rod, the rod which was finally made into a gad. His epic quest nearly complete, gad in tow, Moniker returned home intent on hanging Moniker. But when Moniker arrived home, he found that every strawberry in the area had been eaten. With even more anger in his heart, he mercilessly pursued Moniker. He thought he wouldn't get far, being bloated as he must be from gorging on berries. Moniker didn't know how right he was. Moniker didn't get very far at all. In fact, when the greedy pig had consumed his last strawberry, his body burst, and Manneker exploded all over the countryside in an indistinguishable haze of blood and berry juice. Moniker was glad Manneker was gone, but he was sorry he had not been the one to carry out the deed himself, and regretted the entire ordeal he had gone through. And the moral is, I have no idea. The End And there we have the bizarre and unusual tale of Moniker and Maniker on Fireside. I hope you enjoyed it. Straight away, yes, anyone who's listened to this podcast regularly enough, this is unlike anyone we've had before. There are a couple of things that come immediately to mind. This is essentially like the Irish equivalent of a Dr. Seuss book, I feel, particularly Green Eggs and Ham. You know, with the with the build of the rhyme, this is such a this is such a fairy tale, almost nursery rhyme element to it. Not good in the house, not good in the mouse. I would not eat them, bit man. I would not eat them, bit man. I do not like green eggs and ham. I do not like them, Sam. I am that build and build and build throughout. Uh, you can really see like a an an illustrated picture book version of this story. And also the other thing that it really reminds me of in a similar vein is uh, is the Rattle and Bog, the song The Rattle and Bog, which many will know. I often find that uh, a lot, this is an Irish song that a lot of Americans do know as well. Like I suppose many Americans and Irish Americans know a lot of Irish folk songs, but The Rattle and Bog is quite a specific one. For anyone who don't knows it, doesn't know it, it's again, it's a, it's a build song, like The Twelve Days of Christmas, where each verse you add a piece. So it's like the tree... What is it from the like from the end? Like the flea on the feather and the feather on the bird and the bird and the egg and the egg in the nest and the nest and the tree and the tree and the dream. And it goes on and on and on and on and on back until we are in the rattling bog. And it's like, oh, row the rattling bog. I'm sure, yes, that incredibly vague uh, description was all you needed right there. But this really reminds me of that, just that build and build, which was an absolute joy to write. What I was a bit concerned about before I started adapting it was whether or not it would be long enough, first of all, because it's quite it's quite tight. You know, it's literally, there's, I've, 
I've embellished quite a bit in this now. I've I feel like I've really made this one my own because in the story it's just he goes from place to place and it just builds and builds and builds every single time. No context really at all. No talking back, no actual conversation, just everything talks. He goes up and asks he asks, you know, the whetstone the whetstone asks him what news today and he says I'm looking for this for this for this for this. And we build and build until we get to the end. And so I obviously have bring the slight element of self awareness uh, of characters in in fairy tales that I like that I like to add in. I have this here, but bizarrely, I actually think this almost makes a bit more sense of it and gives to an almost more satisfying end because when Moniker gets to the um, gets to the river and he's looking to fill the sieve and the sieve keeps emptying as sims do as sieves do they don't hold water. The crow just flies overhead. He doesn't get frustrated or anything. The crow just flies overhead and shouts out, Dob, and there's no reason for it. Whereas here, it becomes almost uh, somewhat of a punchline where he doesn't... He acknowledges briefly, you know, why is everything seems to be talking to me today. He doesn't look into it too much, as this is a fairy tale, folktale world. But... I quite like that then he has this exclamation at the end where everything's talking to him and everyone's asking something of him and no one's just giving him any free advice, no one's just trying to help him. And at that moment, that crow would fly overhead and say a word that would be very easy to to hear a crow say and to interpret. For those of you at Dob, every Irish, every Irish person will remember from junior cert history, Wattle and Dob which was the the materials used to make uh, very old very old ha- homes so it's like a mixture of like mud and s- sticky things and it was just like basically like a very very early form of cement so the job is what he uses to plug up this sieve rather than find any kind of receptacle that, that can just naturally hold but what naturally started to happen when i started to adapt it it seemed really funny to me because we actually haven't had too many experiences on this podcast with this kind of tale where where inanimate objects just speak for no apparent reason not for no apparent reason but they just speak and it is accepted like nearly everything always is in in folklore it's just a thing is and it is accepted because there is no time to explain otherwise but I loved the idea so much. I love writing dialogue and I love personifying these things. And it was really fun to personify these different and give them, even if they only had a couple of lines, to try and flavor each of them differently and give them a little bit of personality. A lot which just came because some of the requests are so strange. So it starts off very simply, you know, the tree... Even if the tree didn't want the axe, you know, the axe is just necessary to cut down and the whetstone, is, it's necessary uh, for the axe to be sharpened. And then it just descends and descends. Really, from when we get to the water, the water looking for the deer to run through it is the first thing that's not essential for the problem. Pro, uh, for the process, for the for the task at hand, it is just the water holding Moniker to ransom more so for some bizarre reason, and then we descend further into the dog looking for butter on the tongue, and I had a lot of fun with the cat, a lot of fun with the cat because yeah, you get to points where you went, oh, one one person wants butter and one wants milk. Surely there's a compromise you could reach there and try to give it a bit more of a journey through that. 
um, which was which was a lot of fun, which was a lot of fun to do. And I don't think distracts from it because obviously then I, even though I was very worried that it would be too short, and it obviously was one of the shorter, shorter tales as well, that I didn't want to repeat it every single time. I think I repeated the refrain just enough to get the to get the value out of it and to get the comedy out of it, but not so much to oversaturate because there is a lot. There is a lot of them. It is the vast majority of the original folktale that is just the ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum ba dum. I like to give him the little breaks, the little gaps, and then when he gets to the miller, just to realize what the whole what the whole journey is. This is again. This is one of Joseph Jacobs from his Celtic from his Celtic fairy tales books, which I've got a few, which I've got a few tales from now, which I really really like. I love his. His selection process, I think, again, considering he wasn't Irish and he was, I'm trying to think, was he English or was he Australian? I think he might have been Australian. But so when he was researching Celtic folklore, he had an outsider's eye at a time when folklore would have been so, so rampant that he could appreciate them and take them as stories, first and foremost, rather than seeing what other kind of social significance that they had that sometimes you can find folktales that you know they all they all have their own value but for different reasons sometimes so a lot of them especially the fairy tales with as in the tales with fairies in them are merely just cautionary tales and they don't really have a plot so to speak they're more an introduction or just like a a word of warning in case you do anyone wants to encounter these Whereas a lot of the Joseph Jacobs ones that I've found, they obviously aren't always going to be hard hitters. I'd say for main reasons, just because not all of them translate to to today, not all of them survive the transition. But a lot of them have from this one. Uh, Gullish and the Princess of France was one of them, of course. There was... Which one did I do last time? That's the question, isn't it? Because uh, obviously we had... We had Nile of the Line, Nile of the Nine hostages last week. Ah, oh, the storyteller and the beggar. Yes, that was another one of my favorite ones because I love stories about storytellers. And here we have yes, Moniker and Moniker. There was a th- mention at the in the original version. There it said there was a Moniker and a Moniker, and I tried to do a bit of research, but. I I and I probably might have just been reading into it too much, um. Because when it says a moniker and and moniker, because obviously they're two names I've never heard of before, outside the context of this this very Tweedledum Tweedledee kind of names, and the those are certainly the images that I think of when I visualize these two characters. Is um. I wondered was that a job or was that a type of person, that you could be a moniker or a moniker. But just as well, you could say it's the same as just saying there was a boy and a girl, there was a Kevin and a Michael, you know. They, that possibly is what it is. You have a lot of these vague references in photos or the mythology, and you you get the impression, like, I'm not sure if I'm supposed to know this, something might be some antiquated or outdated reference to something that you think, oh, is this very important? Is it important that I find out you know, for the listeners so that it's clear for them and it's clear for me? And sometimes there's nothing. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes you have read too much into it. 
and a moniker or a moniker could very well be one of those exact reasons. But I don't think there's a huge amount else to say about this tale itself. It was another... There was, speaking of what I was just talking about, there was a little bit of me having to research phrases. I've rephrased some of the things in this. So the wet, the wet stone, the whetstone, whetstone thing. That was a fun one. Full confession when I started writing that gag. Because it is in the story that they call it a flag. And a flag is, is another word for a whetstone. A flag was a, a thing for sharpening, sharpening tools and weapons. But obviously a flag has really only one or two meanings now. Like a flag is is a thing you wave or is something you you flag something to say to watch out for, which I'm pretty sure is still the same as with a flag because you raise the flag to raise awareness to it. Stop saying flag. So I changed that to whetstone. And because it was in the story that he wetted the whetstone, uh, that joke came. But I genuinely did think uh, that whetstone was W-E-T. I'm, that's not something I ever questioned, but it is wet, W-H-E-T, as maybe everyone, maybe I'm the only person on the planet who didn't know that. I don't think so, though. When I looked it up online, when I was looking at the etymology of it, because wet, to wet something is to sharpen, uh, it did say commonly, commonly, mis- commonly confused with W-E-T, so I didn't feel too silly there, and I got... Probably my favorite joke out of the out of the episode in there, the whetstone and the cat. They were my two. They were my two favorite bits to do. But yes, I think that is all said and done. So thank you so much for all of you listening out there. Uh, again, if you enjoyed the podcast, please do continue to leave subscribe uh, to subscribe, leave ratings, reviews, all these things. They really do matter every single time just to help us break that, rise higher and higher in the podcast charts. And wherever you get your podcast, find that way, download it. Uh, Once you subscribe and you get the episode automatically, that increases our downloads so much automatically, and then you can listen at your own leisure. Please do, if you are around Dublin, uh, on the 22nd of August, again, please do come along to see us, the Fireside Sessions, Fireside Live, our topic of beginnings at Bellow Bar uh, in Dublin on August 22nd at around 8pm. It's Thursday. I did that in a horrendous order there. Please do go on to Eventbrite to book tickets. Please do book tickets because we want it to sell out so that we can guarantee that we can do this a few times. So even if you're if you're not around Dublin yourself but you would like to come to one at some stage, why don't you tell friends to come along to it? Because we want to sell that out. If we sell it out, it's only really if the night is a success, even moderately speaking, that we can guarantee that we will be able to do it again, which I really want to do. We're going to have storytelling, folklore, bit of music, some mythology, special guests, the works. I think it's going to be a lovely, a lovely evening, and I hope that you can join us. Thank you again to all of you. If uh, if that was your first episode, I hope you enjoyed it. Please do go back to the beginning and see what we're building up here. And for our returning listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. I don't think there's anything else to say except to thank Head Stuff, as always again, Paddy and Alan and all the folks here, Jamie, my producer and editor, and you, all of the listeners, one more time. I will see you all next week. Next week we will be going back to mythology, back to the historical cycle of kings, 
And who knows what we have. I do, I think. I think I have an idea. But that will all be there. I'm going to go and mind myself now. Because I don't think it's been I don't think it's been as bad as I thought it was gonna be, but I've had it woke up with a bit of a sore throat today. That's giving me a little bit of resonance right now, but it feels like it has its limits as well. I can't stray too far from the path. But I do have a lot a significant amount more energy than I know I did last week. Last week was a very, very lulled, very late night radio broadcast podcast. And this one I think as the as the story needed, it needed a bit more gusto and it needed a little bit more energy. But I will go now. I will arise and go now and go to Inishfree and greet greet the day and greet the week. And I will see you all next week. You will hear me all next time around the fireside. Goodbye. This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.